0: Hey, everyone, it's Bill, and I wanted to give you a quick update on the show before I introduce the guest for this episode, who's Rick Shahum of the Troika Media Group. Uh, The next two episodes, this one included, are going to be focused on marketing agencies and how the relationship between client and agency have changed, as well as what agencies are doing to adapt to the new realities given the pandemic. Uh, The next episode that I'll release in two weeks will feature a former classmate and friend of mine, Madeline Robinson, who is a director with New Jersey-based agency IdeaQuest. Following that, I'm going to be digging back into the facility space with two additional interviews, uh, one with our first repeat guest, John Nemeth of AECOM, and the second with Zach Klima, who is the CEO of WaitTime. Uh, I think that's going to be an interesting series. There's been some different stuff going on um, as we see some fans coming back, especially with the NBA, allowing fans uh, back in a limited capacity. So those will be good ones to listen to. I'm going to continue to develop some longer form series where I take a deeper dive into some different topics uh, along the same lines of what I'm doing with the name, image, and likeness discussion. So keep a lookout for those. And if you have any topics that... You think I'm missing or that you'd like to see me dive deeper into if I've already covered them please let me know uh, feel free to email me at wjbeachii at gmail.com and we can try to find some different things to explore uh, now on to today's guest Rick Shahum is the VP of Business Development in the Brooklyn office of the Troika Media Group which consists of the Troika Agency in LA and the Mission Agency in London and Brooklyn. Mission is a communications company born out of PR and events that is now heavily involved in social and influencer marketing. Troika is a brand consultancy and creative agency that specializes in sports and entertainment media, blending art and science to create some great brand experiences. Together, their three offices function as a 360 global resource for brands and entertainment properties. Uh, great interview. Rick and I have known each other for a couple of years through some work we did in the past as you'll hear when the episode starts. So I hope you enjoy and thank you as always for listening. Good morning and welcome to another episode of A Cup of Coffee with Bill. I'm excited to bring you today's guest. A little bit of an interesting conversation and a shift from uh, college athletics and those topics that I've been discussing. But I'd like to welcome Rick Shahum from Troika to the show. Rick, welcome. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. It's great to catch up. Give the audience some background. Rick and I work together, not directly with me, um, but I was involved when Major League Lacrosse did its rebrand um, just about two and a half, three years ago.
1: Um, yeah, that was a really fun project. Uh, stepped in really quickly. Uh, Major League Lacrosse had a, uh, it was about 20 years in and we're looking to rebrand and uh, stepped in and, and helped out and, and turned that around really quick.
0: Yeah, that, that was an exciting process. That was the first rebrand I'd ever been a part of and a quick, um, seeing how quickly that got turned around and, um, how a lot of the elements were pulled together over the life cycle of it, um, was a, a lot of fun to be involved with, um, in that's the true. short time that I was in the, in the company when that happened. Um, but you, you mentioned the capacity that mission and, uh, Troika have in the sports industry. And that's why I asked you to come on today because you guys had three big projects that all launched during the pandemic. Uh, You had the Las Vegas Raiders. I had to catch myself there and uh, stop myself from saying Oakland, but you had the Las Vegas Raiders stadium opening. You had the LA Rams new stadium opening and uh, SoFi came to you guys to help bring to life the, their naming rights to the stadium in LA. Um, Now, knowing not in the case of the MLL, but projects of that scale, take a long time to get to the point where you're launching and what I found fascinating and wanted to discuss today was you signed the contract to start this work pre-pandemic. The world's great. You've got all these ideas coming through the office with your colleagues on the activation and the, um, you know, the creative side. And then March uh, February March hits and it's a, a complete shift in how how you start to think about finalizing and bringing these things to life. Um, how how has that how did that change that quickly? Because I had to imagine it was all hands on deck trying to figure yeah. out how to still make these successful launches with very iconic brands that were you know, securing a big piece of the spotlight in the
1: league during the offseason. Yeah. So I, I think there was two two things that we had to recognize and acknowledge simultaneously is one that things were going to there's going to be a gray area throughout the process as it relates to um, what communications are coming down from the league. What are the timelines? Uh, how does this relate to to the fans themselves and certainly you know, the the human element of it, what, what is happening to us as people and how, how does this relate and and how are we working through everything that's going on in our our personal and professional lives? So that, that was one thing that we had to recognize, but I think what really enabled us to um, be able to deliver successful programs for, for our partners was um, really the communication process and, and nailing that down in the beginning and understanding, as you said, that this is something completely different. And that if we don't, button up the front end, um, it's gonna leave a lot of variables on the back end. So really starting off with understanding clear goals and objectives as it relates to what it is that we're trying to um, produce and achieve at, at these t- absolutely you know, monumental venues that I, I call space stations. I mean, it's, it's just unreal how amazing these facilities are at this point. Um, and, and then you know, understanding what those goals and objectives are and then doing all of the research that's necessary on the front end to make sure that we're understanding the, um, really that ecosystem between the sports property, the team, the fans and the, and the partners, those sponsors. And I guess mapping it out, what we call the, the journey mapping of all of those touch points between the fan, the brand and the sponsor and um analyzing how that overlays into this in-game experience or in-stadium experience um, in, in case it's not even a game. Um, it, uh, these facilities will also be used for just incredible things, everything from WWE to Taylor Swift gigs and, and you know, just massive entertainment. Um, I think football, well, there's only, you know, 12, 16 games that are be in there and the rest of 365 days, it's going to be used for other, you know, amazing things. So how do we map all that out? And overlay that into goals and objectives, and then build that process, build that timeline, and then try to hold to it as, as as much as possible. It's kind of from a high level there.
0: Okay. What? So when you look at, um, you know, the the stadiums, but then the um, SoFi partnership with the Rams. Um, how? What were the trip? Uh, the, the tripping points when it came time to um, redo the activation points, because obviously that's a big piece of unveiling a new brand is letting fans experience that. Uh, yeah. Obviously in some ways you're still able to create a very rich and, um, you know, captivating experience for the fans at home in the uh, various digital spaces, but obviously there's still something left to the imagination when you're not able to go into the stadium. And I think back to when they built um, great American ballpark in uh, Cincinnati, you know, I'd been to uh, riverfront stadium and then they built great American. And I remember, you know, hanging on to that line of my grandparents and my dad, like, Oh, why are you tearing down such a historic venue? This is where the, you know, this is where this team played. And there's a lot of history that you're blowing up right now, but then going to that stadium and um, you know, feeling the energy of that new design, uh, you lose that. So how, how did you guys avoid doing that? Because I still think it was a very successful unveiling when it came time to show everybody what had been done and the new attitude behind the two teams. How did you avoid that, and what were some of the issues along the way?
1: Yeah, first and foremost, the, the story that you laid out resonates with me because I'm a, a, a Philadelphia sports fan, a very friendly Philly sports fan, and, and uh, <laughs> there, is, there is no vet, there is no spectrum. All of those, you know, classic facilities uh, are gone. So, how do you how do you create that experience for fans and, and bring them into the new into the new millennium, if you will? So, uh, part of that was um, constant learning. So if you look at this 360 degree oculus that um, is in uh, SoFi in, in LA, that is brand new technology. So it, we have our process, the team has their process, the sponsor has their goals and objectives, but there there's an understanding that there, we're learning together when it relates to such a sort of profound new technology, so it really is being able to um, integrate with some really talented people across all of those three three properties. You know, the, the team that sponsor and our, our our team to to take that together and, and to map that out and understand what does what does this mean to the city? What does this mean to the fan? Um, and, and having those um, higher level um, levels of communication that we're trying to get out from a comm from a strategy. And then I think as, as it is physically inside of the venue, we have a really good process as it relates to integrating that, um, that sponsor content within the, within the game experience and being able to evaluate what that looks like from all different parts of the stadium. So, and, and then when, when are those different um, integrated pieces of sponsor communication deployed um, in the stadium? Um, so yeah, a first down is a first down, but uh, you know, first, first and third with, you know, um, when it's, uh, you know, to, to 20 yards to go and you get that first down is, is different than getting a first down, um, you know, when it's the second. So what does that content look like? When is it deployed? How do we do that? all of that's taken into consideration. It's, it, it's really great conversations amongst those folks to be able to build that and, and have that um, executed at the right time so that that fan experience is optimal. And then as you said, the fans aren't necessarily there. So it's, it's being able to take what we have in stadium and, and allow the, the team to be able to deploy that, some of that stuff, some of it they're saving for the fans once they get in there, but having that integrated into their communication strategy uh, across digital, social, mobile um, as well. So it's really, you know, um, um, you know, big idea and then kind of channel agnostic as it rolls out throughout everything for the for the team.
0: Mm-hmm. How how has that changed the general relationship between a client and the agency moving forward? Because it seems now that everybody has a firm grasp on what needs to be done to successfully shift to digital now, whether or not it needs to be a full digital platform moving forward as the vaccines roll out and the general population is able to go about our day-to-day lives as we would have um, you know, last December. Uh, but how has that changed the relationship? Because I'm fascinated by that as well. And it has it forced you guys to think outside of, um, you know, multiple boxes than you ever would have imagined given what has happened this year? I
1: I think there's a clear recognition for people in the industry, whether it's agency, brand, sports, that we're in a digital first world. And I think that um, let's not call them consumers or fans, let's just call them people. Um, People that aren't immersed in our world, I think whether they are cognizant of it or not, they are in a digital first world. So most people get their information scores, whatever it is, um, on their phones first, before they hit the TV, before they walk in a stadium. And certainly now before before they go to, to uh, you know, a stadium or, or an arena. So we're all aligned on that's That's what it needs to look like. And I think what I mentioned before, that journey mapping is really important in Um, our ability to successfully help um, our partners, our clients with that, um, with whatever it is they need. Um, And in this case, these were multi-pronged, massive um, in-venue, in-stadium projects. Whereas some folks come to us just for um, specific elements. It might be a new game open video. Uh, for a team that has uh, new logos, new marks, or some new players, and it's a new, it's the dawn of a new era. So there's only one element that we need. But I think that journey mapping of understanding what is the very first touch point of a fan to hear about that team or to uh, relearn about that team or, or, or be re-engaged with his or her fandom. And, and then how does that relate to the sponsors so that these teams are able to make sure that they're uh, maximizing revenue opportunities so that they could have these amazing touch points for sponsors because it's just not uh, we're not in the logo slap era anymore mm-hmm. like it was 30 years ago. Um, partners and sponsors are doing really really cool things and although we hate the word of authenticity and it gets bannered around of you know what that really means but I think it allows um, you know brands and, and their partners to get as close to, as they can to what that may mean for them on an individual basis and really I guess um, tapping into that unique culture of that geographic area, that fandom, that team so that we're speaking to those uh, fans as, as honest as possible and get those folks psyched for whatever it is that we're trying to get them psyched for.
0: Mm-hmm. Has it? Have you found the ability to take more risks when you're out talking to clients about trying to secure business? Um, have you and your creative colleagues been able to take some ideas that maybe in 2019 you would have ignored because it's just a little too far um, ahead of where people's comfort might be. But now it's just like, let's do
1: it. Let's just see what what happens. Have you found
0: yourselves more comfortable pitching things that
1: you otherwise wouldn't? I think on the creative side, um... And this goes for both sides of our business, Uh, Troika on the sports, sports media, entertainment side, and then Mission with consumer product brands. Um, We generally try to deliver proposals um, in in three different tiers so that we're showing um, different creative extensions. Um, Hey, we understand very clearly that this is what you want for your budget. And then here's what we believe would be truly impactful. And ideally, if we have the right time to be able to show some, some thinking beyond that. So I'd say, yeah, we, but I don't think it's necessarily changed dramatically. I think it's something that we always try to do if we can is is, is push a little bit. And I think, you know, what we have seen or have heard, and I've heard it actually that just in this past week with some new um, prospective clients that we're speaking with is that they have clarified and actually said, we want you to hold us accountable. We want you to push us. We want you to tell us no and let us know why you're the experts in this. We want this. We don't want this to be a yes, no. We want this to be a conversation and we want to be able to learn and share and grow mutually on that. And to hear that, I think, is really what, um, people in business, whatever business you might be in, whether it's, you know, sports brands, agency, I think that you want to work with people who are willing to grow and learn and do that with you. And Mm -hmm. I think that's certainly, um, who I want to work with, um, on a personal and professional level is, um, you know, I I heard recently, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Right. Uh, so I, I think that's, that thinking of of pushing the creative envelope is something that we always try to do, but I don't think there's anything that the the COVID environment has necessitated that goes above and beyond that. I do think that budgets have shifted. Obviously these programs were were really large because they are monumental um, shifts for brands that represent not an immediate um, uh, reaction or experience, but this is something that for the Rams and the Raiders, um, is going to stand the test of the time for the next 20 years. These are amazing sports properties. The fandom is incredible. They're in some of the most unique um, cultural cities in the world, love them or hate them, L.A. and Vegas. Um, and we were really cognizant of, of what was at stake. Right. Um, I'll say that. Yeah, and that, that's what I was intrigued by
0: is I've – and it's interesting to hear you say that it's maybe shifted more towards the – client encouraging the agency to hold them more accountable and press us when you think we're not um, moving ourselves forward the way we should be, because that's what you said they rely on you for. Uh, because I've found that in my past experiences that it's it, it tends to be the client is very set in their ways, the agency knows that, and so they hold the line here and they aren't willing to Push on either side if, um, even if they think they've got something there that the client's not considering. So it's interesting to hear you say if it it, it may not be a complete um, risk taker's environment, but it's interesting that it's shifted to, you know, if if you really believe in something and we're not seeing it, show us, tell us why we're missing the mark here, um, which I think is a fascinating
1: evolution. And we're certainly beholden to budgets and timelines, exactly. and um, and goals and objectives, and in and, and overall uh, brand restraints and, and things like that. But trying to be as um, open and honest and and creative as possible is really the best best for everyone. And again, not all those 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 uh, ideas aren't always um, absorbed and integrated and executed, but at least they're out there. And it gets people thinking and it sees uh, it shows a little bit more of the um, ability to expand beyond, you know, just what the task at hand is. And I think that's just good for everyone. Right, yeah, exactly.
0: Well, we hit on everything I wanted to. Um, like I said, it, this I didn't really have an agenda for our discussion today. I just thought it was, um, given that the NFL season's winding down and we've been able to see these amazing venues over the course of the year, um, the evolution from contract to what we saw on TV. Um, There was a dramatic shift. And so I appreciate you sharing some of those insights from uh, within the company as you uh, were able to see them. Um, So now I will jump over to three questions I like to ask all of my guests so we get to know you a little bit better. Uh,
1: Rick, what are you reading right now? Um, I recommend a book called I Am Pilgrim. And it's a book a little bit about um, international espionage and takes into consideration the modern world. And I don't want to give anything up, but I thought it was incredible. It's one of those books where I'm kind of pushing on the author. I forget his name. Let's get going. Where's, where's, where's the next book? Um <laughs> But um, I'll say I don't necessarily read as much as my fiance, who works at Barnes & Noble headquarters. And um, she's just incredibly knowledgeable about books and what's going on and what's new and um, reading them not only for herself, but also for um, to build herself around, uh, you know, to better herself within the company. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's, that sounds like an interesting one. I have to look it up further um next question who are you following in or out of the sports industry right now
1: i would say it's out of the sports industry Um, and it's a gentleman that's on instagram and his name is sean king and um, i discovered him within the past few months um, during the when we had a lot of um, social justice um, initiatives that were going on in some of the major cities uh, during the middle of the covid period and I've been following his Instagram, and um, it's been, I would say, fairly eye-opening in terms of what's going on in the country that that I might not see in the the area or the bubble, if you will, where I live personally and professionally and geographically. Mm -hmm. Um, So I found it interesting. um, um, It's interesting at least to take a peek at it and and put your own thought to it, I would say.
0: Yeah, I... I, um follow him on Twitter. He's, uh, you know, obviously he's always been a pretty good resource to illuminate some of the things that, uh, again, like you said, are within our bubbles that we might not be thinking about on a a day-to-day basis, but, um, you know, an excellent one to be following. Uh, And then last question, what do you have your eye on over the next three months?
1: So it's, uh, I would would extend it a little bit. I would say next six months, uh, I'm getting married in July. And that's- I was originally, I'm off the market, uh, I was originally supposed to, we were, we were supposed to originally get married in October of 2020, uh, but uh, the COVID restrictions um, kind of pushed that back. Mm-hmm. So just sending all of our positive energy and positive karma to the world and the universe, uh, we have everything in line, everything's smooth and, and ready to rock and roll, just uh, just need a little help from the universe, that's all. So that's cool.
0: We'll get it done. It's out there. We'll uh, we'll get you guys hitched uh, on on the new schedule. Excellent. Awesome. Well, Rick, uh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, interesting topic. Uh, folks, if you haven't seen the new brands behind the Rams, the Raiders, what they, uh, Trick and Mission have done with uh, the SoFi partnership and the Rams, uh, really encourage you to check it out. There's some great work behind that, and I really think they capture the essence of what what those areas are about while um, paying homage to the history of those teams. Um, so awesome stuff. Rick, it was good to talk with you again, and thanks for coming on.
1: Absolutely, Bill. Thanks for the kind words. Great to catch up. Talk to you soon. See you next time, guys.